Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode, episode. 435. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, Charlie here with you. It is a great day to be a Wisconsin sports fan. It is Brewer yeah. Playoff Day. Happy Brewer oh, yeah. Playoff Day to you all. We are rock and rolling. We're going to talk about that. We're going to preview the playoffs, kind of look at what kind of the timeline could be for the Brewers. Talk about the Braves, talk about, you know, what might be up ahead and look forward. And then we'll also talk about the Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers matchup. First real matchup for Rodgers facing a young quarterback. We'll talk about what that means, what that could mean in the future. Is there a next Aaron Rodgers? Is that guy Joe Burrow? And then lastly, are the Bucks and Nets on a tier of their own? And will we see again the Bucks Nets being kind of the proverbial NBA Finals? So we'll talk about that all. Mitch, how are you doing, bud? I am, Charlie. I am fantastic. This is my my favorite time of year to be podcasting. My favorite, arguably my favorite week of the year to be podcasting. Just when baseball gets started, baseball postseason, I should say, gets started. We're rolling into the NBA. NFL's in full swing. I just, I'm pumped. I'm ready to roll. And ready to roll. The Hit. Brewers play today, and as Bob Uecker would say, come on down. There's still room for you because it sounds like because it was because it's a Friday afternoon um, game that there are still tickets available at a you know probably on a secondary market, maybe not, but I, it seems I like could the, see the prices that. are coming down. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think I, I think you have you know what people forget. Yeah, I think you and I forget because we don't have kids, right? We forget that they're like high school football games, right? Whether it's your kid, whether it's maybe your brother's kid, your, your sister's kid, and like you you go to them and it's like a family thing. And that Friday night football is a big deal across the state. Like even though Wisconsin's yeah. not like a prototypical powerhouse state for, for, for high school football, it still matters to a, a hell of a lot of people. And so yeah. I think there will be a lot well, of people. Just, who, it's just naturally like 3.30 on a Friday is with two days. I mean, if you cared a little bit, you probably would have known like you, me, you know, people with essentially a, a pulse on things had a pretty good idea by like Saturday that the game on Friday was going to be at 3.30. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people like, I don't know, my dad probably didn't know until Tuesday or Wednesday that the game was at three 30 on Friday. So you, you, you might not have as many people from your de- You're not going to have anyone from Wassa coming down to the game, but Saturday you will, which is oh, why yeah. Saturday is, is a hot ticket. So yeah, Saturday, um, four you know, o'clock, it's kind of a perfect. quick turnaround ba- baseball shoots themselves kind of in the foot. I understand what they're doing. They want, you know, the NFL will do the same thing too, pretty much. Um, but they want their primetime teams, their big markets and stuff like that, their popular teams to get the best time slots. So that's fine. Um, but like, so like I said, you kind of have to be a little bit savvy. You're like you, we knew you and I, and I mean, perhaps people that spend too much time in their lives, you know, <laughs> searching this stuff, researching this stuff, knew that the game was probably going to be Friday afternoon. So yeah. it wouldn't be such a, such a shock to us, but for some people that, kind of maybe, you know, keep sports at arm's length or whatever and are perhaps care about high school football on Friday nights or have, have a reason to care about that. Yeah, that probably is a reason why. But 
you know, yeah, it's kind of a quick turnaround overall for the, for the average sportsman, um, you know, but so it's going to be a lot more, you know, city of Milwaukee and probably the five County area back in the house on Friday, but I don't have any doubts that there, that there'll be 40 plus 45,000 fans um, ready to roll against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And I think with the crowds, I mean, I think we've seen it in the first two games of with the two wildcard games, like that Red Sox crowd was loud. Like we've seen full football stadiums and they're loud, but like we haven't seen a full playoff crowd and playoff crowds are different. They just are there. It's not until the world series. They're a little less corporate. They're really diehard fans. And it, even though the Yankees do infiltrate, you know, cause it's an easy drive to get to Boston or a train, whatever. It didn't sound like there were too many Yankee fans. It sounded like 75% Red Sox fans, if not more. And then the Dodger crowd, you know, they were like on their feet for a Max Scherzer bunt in the third inning. And that crowd was electric and they were, you know, on fire as well. And then, yeah, the court, Chris Taylor home run. I can't tell you that gave me a little PTSD, my friend. Um, you yeah. know, he made the defense. He, and he also made a big defensive play late in the game where he kind of trapped the ball. Well, and that's just, perfect, perfect Dodgers. Like, I mean, Oh yeah. You know, they just, they're so good. I mean, I, I was a little scared of the Cardinals. I'm not going to lie. If the Cardinals would have got past the Dodgers somehow, I mean, fucking look out oh yeah so that, i'm kind of oh, glad i'm kind of glad the dodgers knocked them out but man you know the thing about the dodgers too they're really good but the brewers uh banged them up a little bit that last weekend like kershaw's hurt and muncie's hurt yeah so they gotta use fucking matt Beatty at first base right who i don't think anyone knows who that guy is no um, but he'll have a big moment at some point because oh, that's God the dodgers yeah. that's the dodgers right like he'll yeah. have a big moment and he'll be like where the fuck is this guy and then it's like the Dodgers just have so many people. And to your point about like the national stuff, like I was listening or I saw a clip from uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, you know, king of the hot take. He's talking to Dan Patrick and was like, everybody wants Astros Dodgers and like baseball needs that. Like if they get Astros Dodgers as the world series, like those two teams, a hate each other and B it yeah. would just be, I mean, it'd be fireworks. The ratings would be huge. And, and then he's like, you know, football could put on Jaguars Cardinals as a Super Bowl, and people are still going to watch. But if it's the Brewers and the Rays, no one's watching. It'll be a great World Series, and we will love it and die, live and die on every fucking pitch, but no one else will. And that's okay. I don't care. I really don't give a fuck about ratings. Just It's the same conversation we had with Bucks and Suns, right? <laughs> Where we yeah. just were like, it doesn't matter, dude. I don't care. I don't feel bad. You get and, and everybody gets a little testy on it. And, but baseball I, I get is a little different, but still it's going to be a hell of a playoffs. You know, the Brewers getting ready to play the Braves, Corbin Burns, Charlie Morton uh, today. And then you got big woo and Max freed on Saturday afternoon. So that's two good matchups. The Braves are no slouch. Um, I think as the week has went on, I think more and more people have kind of scaled it back a little bit. Maybe it was the, kind of limp in maybe it was just understanding and looking at the Braves where I don't think people are looking past Atlanta do you feel like that has changed week to week since we last talked well well 
I still do feel like people are overlooking the Braves a little bit. I just think that there's there's been so much talk the last month about, you know, who would you rather see in the NLCS? And and um, I would say that people have kind of cooled off a little bit in the last week since we talked, just in terms of overall confidence. I think that people are a little more split right now just with the way things went that last week where they, they essentially gave up. <laughs> and, you know, it, you know, I don't, know, I don't really want to dwell on that, but, um, yeah, Atlanta is like really good. Um, I, I think people like wrote them off when Acuna got hurt as kind of like, well, they're done, right? Like their best player, you know, out for the year, but you know, they have, they picked up Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler at, at or around the trade deadline. And those dudes just match, mash. Like you look at their lineup, it's it's pretty scary. It's pretty much going to come down to the Brewers pitching against their hitting. Wh- who's going to win out in that in that game within the game? I feel like the tendency is for hitting to kind of disappear in the postseason, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just kind of over the years. I've watched enough playoff baseball now where um, games are just high, you know, high intensity, high leverage all the way through. Now, having said that. The home run ball tends to be an even bigger factor in the postseason. Who can who can put the ball over the fence more is a lot of times what happens. And so, I mean, you go up and down that Braves lineup. They are what they're like fifth in home runs or something this year. Yeah, they're um, they're really. I mean, they are very talented. And credit to their GM, he has a long Greek name similar to Giannis that I'm not going to try to pronounce. And he did a great job in terms of getting guys to kind of rebuild without having Acuna. And they, they do have an offense, but you do look at sort of their bullpen and you're like, there's no one there that gives you confidence. Richard Rodriguez, who's their closer, came from the Pirates, has been a gas can down the stretch. Chris Martin, Luke Jackson, like they have guys who've been in that postseason before but it, it doesn't really feel like the Braves do have that pitching. So you are right. It's going to come down to can the Brewers, can the Brewers. Well, then I would just, just to push back on that a little bit, I I would, I would ask, I would ask you to do the Brewers offense the last three weeks. No, it it hasn't been, it hasn't been good, but for the Brewer, the Brewers keep telling us and whether that's true or not, they keep telling us like, Hey, look, we kind of coasted, we kind of coasted. We sort of went, we sort of just did our own thing and that's, that's what it is. And we'll see if it plays out. Kyle Lobner had the stat of the last two times teams have went four and 10 to finish the regular season. They each of them won the world series, the 2000 Yankees and the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. So yep, I saw that it's not necessarily momentum is kind of overrated. I think in the long view, I do think that, if the Brewer crowd gets into it early, that's going to be tough for Charlie Morton, even though he's a veteran pitcher. He doesn't have the greatest postseason resume. Max Freed, same thing. Like, these guys have pitched in the postseason, but, like, don't discredit the fact, more so for Freed, less for Morton, don't discredit the fact that, like, even though they pitched in postseason last year, they weren't playing in front of that many fans. They, they, I mean, it was, like, this weird – it was not postseason baseball. Like if that crowd gets going and they get, and they're going to be liquored up, trust me. I mean, it's going to be loud. 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. And Corbin Burns just has to keep his composure. That's the only thing I worry about because the Braves jumped on Corbin Burns early in the start that he had against them. He got gave up four runs in that first inning. I think a three run homer to Austin Riley, who's really good too. Another guy that that's worth mentioning. But as long as Burns just keeps his composure, I think it's going to be okay. And I think that that can ride out. And also Charlie Morton is the type of guy who he, I think he's more of a sinker ball dude. Like you can't let Charlie Morton sort of get going and you can't let Charlie Morton, you know, make, make, you know, those he's a, he's a, he's a postseason, he's a postseason kind of, I'm not going to say legend, but he's been there. I mean, he's been with multiple teams in the postseason. He's been very reliable in that, in that role. So, you know, game one, it'd be nice to get game one. I'll just say that. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I think getting game one is massive for, for the Brewers because just with how they've played the last few weeks, it, it would be just this nice vote of confidence. I think a lot of people would be freaking out if you, if they did, let's just say they got blown out in game, in game number one, I think that would be, the Brewers I really do I think that is absolute worst case scenario is if they get blown out that is the last thing you want and then you get game two and what's interesting about game two is the Brewers have been pretty good against left-handers this year and Max Freed has a curveball he's he's known for his curveball and the Brewers are actually really good against curveballs and left-handers so you combine the two together and that's kind of a sweet spot for the Brewers offense. So I'm not going to freak out if they do, if they do lose game one, because I, I think they have, an, again, an advantage there. I understand Burns over Woodruff, but I think I might've went Woodruff over Burns. I know Burns has been basically a Cy Young this year, but I just, I don't know. Woodruff in the postseason has been so good. And I just, I trust him a little bit more. I, uh, I actually agree with that. Um, I guess I hadn't thought about it, but I do agree with that. Just in the fact that Woodruff is kind of more of a bulldog, um, and not that he went to Mississippi State, but I'm just, but uh, <laughs> he, um, yeah, no, he, he's he's kind of been there, done that a little more than Burns, who in 2018 was a was a bullpen, um, you know, arm. Yeah, he was kind of yeah, used in, was... the, in the in the hater role that right. was hater coined in the just the deployable arm or whatever they call it, where, you know, you're pitching two innings in the fifth or sixth inning to just to get, you know, bridge the gap a little bit. And um, he was good in that. And then was obviously had a nightmare 2019 coming out of that when everybody had high expectations for him. Um, so he really hasn't, you know, started a postseason, a, a legit postseason game um, in his career really. So, We'll see what happens. And, and there is there is some pressure in game one, pretty much as you laid out, just and as I alluded to too, like facing Charlie Morton. Is it gonna be a walk in the park? Facing that Braves lineup at Amfam Field is not gonna be a walk in the park. Um, but it would be really nice to, you know, come out there, burn shuts, goes one, two, three, maybe get a couple runs in the bottom of the first and and sort of be able to settle in. Um because yes, if you if you fall on game one, I mean it'll be a Friday, so there won't be, you know, and you'll have game two to bounce back. But people are going to be going fucking nuts on the post game show 
on Friday night if, oh, if yeah. they lose like if they lose eight to two or something. Right. Um, oh, hundred percent. It would it would just be this panic of like, well, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have taken it easy. They shouldn't have done this, and like people will just kind of lose their mind. And I guess what I would say is baseball series are just naturally weird. And Brewers could go down 2-0 and still make it a, a series and go back and yeah. have it be – like, we've seen that happen. We've seen versions of that. We've seen versions well, of it where the Brewers the go up 2-0. And then the last, uh, the last full stadium playoffs, you had the World Series in 2019 where the road team won every game, which I, I don't think has ever happened in sports, and it went seven games. So, I mean – Yes, weird things can happen in baseball for sure. Um, yeah. That is, that's just, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad they have home field advantage in this round. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be huge. I think, I think the crowd is going to be electric. I mean, oh, yeah. it really I, is for, for playoff games, but I think because the last, you know, year we've gone through, it's now, um, you know, full capacity and we're, we ought to be full throat at Ampham Field. And yeah. And Colton I don't know Wong, if the Braves have seen anything like that. No, I don't know. I, I And again, I, I think that does – that is going to be a factor. And if the ball gets rolling the right way, like if it if Adamus smokes a home run in the first inning, the roof's going to come off and it, it could oh, yeah. be on. And it, it could be, be like just... It would be, like, be like when Woodruff hit that home rig off Kershaw. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that was awesome. The, the Brewers are in a position right now where they know what's in front of them. They have a great team chemistry. They are very united. I, I don't know. Did you read any of the Colton Long Players Tribune? I only was able to read about half of it, but he did this thing for Players Tribune, know. which I didn't know was a thing still. I had no idea Players Tribune existed still. But he wrote about how, like, he was having his kid and – while he was waiting for the kid to be delivered, he's like, I'm kind of bored. I popped on the game. We're playing the Cardinals. Luis is Urias is up first. I really love you, Reese. Luis. He's like one of my guys. Like he's my double play partner. I've taken him under my wing. And then he hits a home run. It's like his wife's like ready to give birth. And I'm just psyched for Luis. And so I just feel like this team, it might not be, I, like I could argue maybe 2018 was better. 2011 might maybe better too, but I could argue that this team is more united and, and just gives a shit more than like, I don't know. I just feel like the team chemistry sometimes is, is really important. And I, I think this team has it and they all just pull for each other and all love each other. And I think that I do think that matters. I know it, it doesn't show up in box scores, but I, I think it matters, especially when, you know, times are tough in the playoffs or when it's like you have to finish the deal. And that's the type of stuff that can elevate you a little bit further. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, team chemistry is kind of implied at this point in the postseason. I mean, it's, you know, everyone, everyone kind of has it except for, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the White Sox. You know, (laughs) I don't know if the Yankees did. I really don't. Like, to me, well, the Yankees no. felt like a little more – I know they're eliminated now, but they felt a little more like individuals than, say, your say your Red Sox, say your Rays, you know, Dodgers even. Uh, so, I don't know. And to talk about the other parts of this series, so beyond game one and two, 
are you an Eric Lauer or Freddie Peralta guy for game three or I guess Adrian Hauser? But it seems like Eric Lauer <clears throat> is going to get the ball out for one of those games. Well, I think that, so you're asking who do I, who do I think is going to start game three? Yeah. If you're counsel, do you want me to scenario it out? Oh, or? if, if I am, if I am counsel, what would yeah. I do? Yeah. I think I'd probably start Lauer and piggyback him with, with Peralta or Ooh. actually Hauser probably. Okay. Um, I, I have gotten it in my head that I, I kind of want Freddie Peralta out of the bullpen. <laughs> I just, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen. He'll probably start Peralta game three. It's probably what will ultimately end up happening, but I just, I've talked for a while now about how I don't, I don't really trust him. And I think it's like his, like kind of his makeup is more of a bullpen guy. And I just, I would, I would like, especially with the Devin Williams injury, I would like to see Peralta perhaps used in that deployable arm role in the postseason when you just need to get two innings out of somebody. And I just think that he kind of like his personality and his makeup just fits that role better. I just, I guess it would come down to what Peralta wants though. Like, does he, does he tell council? No, I'm, I'm a starter. This is what I want to do. This is what you're going to have me do. I won't do anything else. He'll probably start him game three. I I don't know. Um, I I think that'll be fascinating to see. Well, the biggest thing here with Freddie is the first inning because Freddie's had a problem with the first inning. And if you're on the road and you're dealing with the first inning, yep. that could be that a real problem. Me. Yeah. Right. Like that could be a real problem. That could, that's a real issue is like, do you almost like hold Freddie back to pitch game five? Like you use him out of the bullpen a little bit. And yeah. then you say, all right, he's going to go out in game five. And he's our star. He's the guy that we're going to use, use in game five and kind of protect I like, him. I like that idea. I like protect, that idea. Protect him from the sort of the idea of just shit going down sideways. Yeah. And I mean, other also too, you know, I know it's not happening, but maybe you should have started Peralta game two and then Woodruff yeah. on the road in game three. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that's a terrible idea, and I, I do there. It wouldn't happen, but yeah, it's it, it definitely is a thing. I think council will look at it and probably would tell us both. You'd be like, you guys are being fucking warrior. It's sack up. He's a professional. <laughs> He'll figure it out. We're working with him on how to avoid this in the first first inning. I'm sure Chris Hooks going through like you can't throw your fastball this early. Like they're gonna. Did jump you hear? Speaking of that, did you hear Council's quote, I think, from after the game on Sunday? No. About everybody freaking out about how they played the last couple of weeks? No. He was just like, he was just like, I don't understand why we're complaining about locking it up a week early. And, you know, yeah, things didn't go well. The lab, but, like, he's like, I guess you can complain if you want to, but I don't understand it. And he was a little <laughs> bit pissed off. Yeah. It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> Um, it was like, all right, a little, like little bit Craig, of piss and vinegar. From Craig, Craig was ready to uh, go Bob Arum on everybody and just call somebody a little <laughs> prick. And I knew yeah. you enjoyed. I knew you enjoyed that. I sent Mitch for those obviously who are not in our group chat. Bob Arum, who you guys should know, legendary boxing promoter. He's like eighty nine years old, 
And there are a few clips of Bob after the Fury Wilder weigh-in big boxing fight this weekend. And Bob's talking to some reporter ducks in and says something. He goes, fuck you, you little prick. Like, get out of here. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. (laughs) And then was he was all mad at uh, Kate Adobo or whatever. But the uh, she works for like CBS. And he's like, he's like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, fuck her. Like, oh, man, it was great. I should send you that one, too. You'd love it. I mean, he's 89 and just no fucks at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that Craig kind of went Bob Arum there and was like, I'm sorry. We should we have should we have waited till the last game of the year to to do this? Do you guys want that instead? Do you want us to not be like fully well rested? So we'll see. I mean, if the Brewers come out and just dominate in these first two games, I'd be a little surprised. Like, how surprised? I guess let me ask it this way. How surprised would you be if the Brewers are up 2-0? heading into Sunday? Uh, not that surprised. Okay. I mean, I just I, kind of assume the home victory. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean. No, it makes sense. I, would, like, I, 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 I wouldn't I – would, I would be surprised. Well, I don't know. I don't want to – scale of 1 to 10 maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know, like – of course, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost game one. I, I mean, I'm not at all. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were up 2-0 at all. No. Um, and, then go, and then going to Atlanta, I mean, you probably aren't going to win either one of those. So, um, that, I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I think the Brewers win in five. I think it's, I think it's going to go five. So, you think it's, it's um, going to go five? That's interesting. I, I do, yeah. Yeah, and if you – I think they win. I think they win in five, but. Right. And if you kind of pull it back a little bit, just sure. Just a little curiosity stuff. The Braves were 45 and 31 against the NL East this year. So they, they kind of got fat on the NL East, but the Brewers got fat in their own division, 47 and 29. Brewers were 17 and 14 against the East. While the Braves are actually good on the, the Brewers are good on the road too. Yeah. The Brewers have been a very good road team this year. That's another underrated thought fact of it all, right? And that the Brewers, the Brewers have done it on the road, and they're not afraid to go on the road and win baseball games. So I think game one's crucial. Um, I do think there are going to be some who say that Atlanta or Milwaukee, whoever comes out, is going to get sort of a quote-unquote break because they're not the Giants or playing the Giants and Dodgers. And as you said to us in a chat, like it's going to be an all out war. That's going to be a absolute war between those two, those two teams. And it's going to go five. It's going to like, everybody's kind of waiting for the giants luck to run out. And I think we just have to admit the giants are a good team. Like, I don't think it's luck anymore. Right. Like there's a difference between, you know, Oh, you had a good, like three months versus you've you've won 107 games that's not luck giants just right. have something they have just a unit like that's that's another thing where they just need to win one against la in san francisco and they've had some weird fucking wins against la there have been some odd yeah. things that have happened in those those games la has not really had a stranglehold against them and so it's gonna be man it's that's gonna be a hell of a series i 
am very excited for that one. Do you, do you have a prediction and where kind of this goes? You have the Brewers in five. I'm going to take the Brewers in four. I just think the Brewers are a better team than the Braves, and I think they're going to they're gonna be able to get it done in four games. So I have the Brewers in four. Yeah, I think, I think I've decided it's Brewers in five. I think the Brewers might lose game one. <laughs> I right. just, but, but then they probably rattle off like two straight, maybe lose game four, and then I, I think win at, at home in game five. Um, something funky like that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, just as we talk, and I think that's what I've settled on. So Brewers in five, probably losing game one. And it's just going to be suicide watch around here. But I think they figure it out game two and three. Yeah, let's do that. That's that's okay. where I'm at. Brewers in five. All right, Brewers in five. Do you have the Giants or the Dodgers in that in the other side? Jesus. Oh, I'm going to say the Giants. <clears throat> I am too. They just – they have a and weird – Or in five. Yeah, Giants in five. I right? wish it was seven. <laughs> yeah, and then Brewers Giants for the – and so we – then in the other side, do you, I would just say, do you, do you think the Rays are not going to be beat or do you think there is a chance for either the Astros white Sox? I mean, it's just one game or even the Red Sox in that, or is it just the Rays and no one's, no one's even close. I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think the Rays are going to the world series. Interesting. That's a that's a take, man. So who do you got? The Astros or or the White Sox? I'm probably, I mean, I'm sitting here watching this game, so it's really really biased. But <laughs> right. I mean, dude, the Astros have kind of been kind of been slept on too. They're like they're still really good. Um, I mean, Altuve's still there. You know, I guess their pitching probably isn't what it was two years ago. No, but it's that lineup is also loaded and they've been there before. I mean, they've, yeah, but they've gone through a lot of shit. I hear you, but Dusty Baker is still managing that baseball team and Dusty. I mean, he just, I know you're going to, you're going to die on that hill. Ah, I know. Just, he's not a good manager. Sorry. It's just not, but got a lot more to talk about. We'll obviously be back Wednesday to commiserate whether we're talking about the Brewers getting it done in three or four, or we're talking about a pivotal game five, one or the two. Um, we'll be back next week um, around the, the Wednesday time slot. But we need to talk about the Green Bay Packers too and Milwaukee Bucks and continue on. Um, the Green Bay Packers get ready to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, the three and one Cincinnati Bengals. I did a thing the other day on whether the Bengals are for real or overrated. I, I fell on the overrated side of it, but it is the first real matchup for Aaron Rodgers against a young, one of the like premier young quarterbacks. I thought about this in our pre-show meeting, like Aaron Rodgers hasn't played Josh Allen in the regular season. He hasn't played Tua Tagovailoa. He hasn't played Justin Herbert. He hasn't played Patrick Mahomes, even though they did tech, they should have played against each other. Was that last two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Um, and so, so they have, he's not really faced any of the new guard of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's another one. He'll be facing Lamar Jackson, maybe. Has they, yeah, has he even hasn't Lamar faced Jackson? Lamar Jackson? No. Baker Mayfield? No. Like, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. And he will now get a chance. 
because he will be facing off against Joe Burrow. And then, then we'll get Justin Fields next week. And after that, Taylor Heineke doesn't really count. And he's a young quarterback. And then Kyler Murray and then Mahomes. So it kind of all comes together. And it's this weird seminal moment, for I think, for Rodgers and just Packer fans in general, where it's like we're watching the old guy versus the young dude. And that, I don't know if it always had been that way. Because, like, when you watch – Rodgers against Breeze or Rodgers against Brady, like, or even Big Ben, we beat last week. Like, Rodgers is still the young guy, even though he's he's getting old. And so it, it is cool. Um, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I like, I just I cheer for him, but I don't really see his ceiling to be Aaron Rodgers. I think Joe Burrow is going to be good. I just I don't think Zach Taylor is a good coach. I I think yeah. I, I think that's where it falls for me is like. I need to see him with his next coach to be like, yeah, Joe Burrow has what it takes to elevate to another, to another level. Because right now yeah. I'm just kind of like, he's an all right quarterback, but I, I just think he's going to be held back by the coach. Yeah. I feel like so much, especially in the NFL is dependent on your situation and, you know, no disrespect to the Cincinnati Bengals, but, um, uh, pretty much my whole life they've been garbage except for maybe a handful of years here and there yeah so in other words i mean they're not a very they're they're pretty much a dysfunctional franchise 100 um, yeah cheapest and, franchise and when, in the game oh god yeah absolutely cheaper than probably some hockey teams they make donald Ster- they make donald sterling look look like an actual okay owner minus the racism right so um you know, you look at over the years, I mean, Patrick Mahomes came in, had, you know, 16 weeks or 14 weeks or whatever it was to, to watch Alex Smith, who, you know, isn't great, but was a serviceable, solid starter for years and had Andy Reid, who was, you know, one of the better offensive minds around. And, you know, you look at, I don't know how many I mean, Joe Burrow's situation right now. I mean, Zach Taylor doesn't not as not an elite coach by any by any stretch. And his offensive line nearly got him killed last year. That happens a lot with with number one overall picks. A lot where there's a reason their team sucks. And while the quarterback is very very important, they're not they don't have the impact of you know a number one pick in the NBA where you guys your team can be turned around immediately. It right. takes a year or two. And, so and to, we, we will see. I mean, we will to interject, see. Like, off to a nice start this year, but. I can't believe, I know, he, and I know his buddy Jamar Chase is off to a nice start too, but like, I still cannot believe they didn't draft Panay Sewell. Like, I yeah. cannot believe it. Like. Me too. And he, and Burrow's numbers against pressure have been awful. And it seems like the game plan against Burrow is just to keep sending pressure. And so, and Joe Bur- Joe Barry, not Joe Burrow, Joe Barry has done a pretty good job of that. I think in the last couple of weeks, like Joe Barry's kind of found himself as a defense. He got yelled at. Yeah, it's it's not really been <laughs> talked about. Like it's funny how it just like when the defense is doing all right, no one gives a shit. Like the pinheads just don't care. They they really don't. And it's it's so like it's such classic pinheadism where it's like okay. <laughs> no one can give the defense any sort of fucking credit 
they will nitpick it, say, well, it's adding Eric Stokes, getting rid of Kevin King. It's, it's this, it's that. It's Devondre Campbell's looking like a parole bowler, which he is. And he's uh, seems like a perfect fit for like what they're doing. But again, that's some of that scheme. Like some of that is Joe Barry scheming it up. And the Packers have held, what, two straight weeks with ru- ru- uh, rushing under 70 yards. First time they've done that since 2017. That's a major shift. Like Mike Patton wanted you to run the football. The Packers would get gashed on the ground. And they did that also too, to add, they did one of that against San Francisco. And I know San Francisco has a beleaguered running back unit and then Pittsburgh who can't run the football either, but still like mm-hmm. that's worth the tip of the cap, especially when the D line looked like absolute trash to start the season. So I think that, the defense is going to come through again in this one. And I think they'll make some well, plays here. I, even and, without Jair, week one, I, I think, I think we've learned that week one was just kind of a, you know, burn the tape and move on type of oh, yeah. uh, type yeah, of it was a, a fourth game pre-se- because it was they were fourth preseason game. It was, it was a date. And I, I hate it as a fan. I absolutely hate it as a fan. I, do I get it as a, just a football person? Like as someone who, has played the game. Like, I hate that shit when, when guys say that on ESPN. But I do. Like, I, I understand it. I get it. You need time to just be with your team and, and kind of understand it. And so they've used that. And since the last three weeks, they are fucking rolling, man. And yeah. I, I, the line is sneaky. It's a rat line. We talked about it yesterday on the pod. Like, three points is not a lot. They're kind of trying to trip, trip you up here. Um, but you, you can maybe quell some of that like house of horror stuff. It's crazy. They've only won once in Cincinnati and there've been some weird games. There was the Favre, the streaker that ran onto the field for Favre as he's getting ready to drive, drive down the field and, and Favre gets a football stolen from him. Like that's Didn't they get like ran all over by somebody like in back in 13 when they last played in Cincinnati. Didn't they they blew, get like ran all over by Ben Jarvis Green Ellis had a massive game that day. Um, yeah. but shout well, out to his him. name. Uh, what's his name? The running back that got drafted out of UCLA. Jonathan Franklin. Yeah. Career ending injury. Yeah. 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 We, I, not that game. Yeah. I reflected a little bit on the pod yesterday about that. Yeah. That was, they blew a 30 to 14 lead in that game. Very <laughs> McCarthy like, right? Like it, at that point, we didn't really know like the full breath of McCarthy sitting on the football, but that was a sit on the football kind of game from Mike McCarthy. Uh, so let's hope that all gas, no breaks shows up. I, I do think that the Packers can get this done. And, and I, I really think that Joe Burrow, while he's good, he's just not, he's not at like Justin Herbert's level who got drafted with him. Like Justin Herbert right oh, now looks no. more like Aaron Rodgers than anyone else. Herbert now. is, I mean, the most legit one, which honestly, I don't think anyone guessed coming out of college. He wasn't well, like that it, great in college, but when you watch when you watch him play, just like the pure eye test, it's like this dude just makes so many throws, and there's so much zip, and he can run. Like he and and he's now he's now he's kind of getting the wind to back it up this year, right? And Brandon Staley's an awesome coach, and he's offensive coordinator. Joel Lombardi was in Sean Payton's system, but like to go back to like Herbert out of college, the whole reason for that is because Marcus Arroyo was a dog shit offensive coordinator. And Marcus Arroyo, funny enough, gets hired by UNLV 
basically because of Justin Herbert. And he's been awful as UNLV's head coach. And so it was all basically a scheme that like Justin Herbert made this guy look great. And he was really not. And if you're a, if you're a Miami fan right now, I don't know. Like if we were Dolphins fans and we're doing a pod, we're doing a weekly pod. I think we'd have a Herbert topic like every week. We like, we'd be like, could you fucking believe it? We could have had Justin Herbert. Like you would, you would say that so much. That you could add Justin. I think the Lions, did the Lions draft a boot of that round? So the Lions could have Justin Herbert right now. That, yeah. Again, like, that's so bad. Lions like, going to Lions, man. Oh, my God. That is absolutely crazy that the Lions could have fucking had that. Man, that that blows my mind. You're you're pissed off right now. <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. Look, I'm I'm happy. So yeah, the teams that could have, so I, I will give like the giants, but even like the Washington football team, like chase young, obviously is awesome. And he won defensive rookie of the year. Right. But like, if you're, if you're a Washington football fan and like deep down, you're like, Hey, you could have had a Justin Herbert over chase young. You're taking Justin Herbert a hundred times out of a hundred. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Washington, just because they haven't had a quarterback and right. Ever, I mean, ever. So Man. I'm sure that they, they would in hindsight. Chase Young is pretty good too, but um, you know, do you? How often does it work out when you take a DN? I mean, Miles yeah. Garrett. Yeah, but, there there are a few that work out. They are special. Like Chase Young, special. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and now I'm sure everybody who listens regularly is screaming at me like Charlie, you ripped draft hindsight last week, and then you're this is all you're doing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's sure. It's you know, it, is it was tough. what two years ago that draft. That was the nineteen draft. That was a co- it was the COVID draft. So it was twenty twenty. Oh, so it was the twenty twenty draft. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah. You look at it. Herbert. Herbert was like what the third best quarterback prospect in a loaded quarterback. I mean, it, yeah. You know, again, he just it probably comes back to a little bit. He played at Oregon. You know, not you know half the country doesn't even see their games. So. But again, as someone, you know, he wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, he wasn't like that great in college. Like no, he was, but he was, he was kind of like the, he got some hype and then wasn't, you know, probably didn't live up to that quite, you know, quite the expectation of like his last year. And, but still based on potential and draft draft prospect status, he went top 10 and now it's it's looking like he is the steal of the draft, basically. And oh yeah, all oh, those yeah. all those five teams that picked out of him are kicking themselves. Yeah, and I do think that you know to bring it back to Burrow, like Burrow, it's just not we're just never gonna we're not gonna know it until Zach Taylor leaves. Like mm-hmm. it, I mean, if they do, let's just say they win this game, they shock the Packers. There'll be a lot of hype around the Bengals. The passing of the torch first take topic, it will be locked and loaded. Greeny well, will have that ready for get up. But and then and then too, like the Bengals have are notorious for holding on to their coach forever. Oh yeah. I mean, they don't fight. I don't know anymore. if Zach Taylor has done any, anything to stick around, but at the same time, are the Bengals really a you know, they're they're like the Packers where they don't make any any type of emotional you know reaction to anything but i mean 
to keep Marvin Lewis for as long as they did was was pretty insane. Oh, it was an um, absolute crime. I mean, I think it's shown out by Marvin Lewis being unable to get an NFL job, and he's a defensive coordinator for the Arizona State Sun Devils with his buddy Herm Edwards. So like, Herm, yeah. You know, it's there's a reason, right? Like that should be all Cincinnati needs to know. So they can go, they can go six and six and play golf every day. Right. It'll be very interesting to see if Burrow follows the same trajectory as like Carson Palmer, right? Where Carson Palmer got sick of playing in Cincinnati, and then it he then obviously forced his way out, like people thought Aaron Rodgers would, but he didn't. And he gets to Oakland and he, you know, he had a revival with Arizona. I think Burrow's a little bit, but also too, the thing that's gets forgotten about Palmer is he got that met that awful knee injury in that Steelers yeah. playoff game. And well, and that, that, that just goes to show how cursed the Bengals are. I mean, Oh, hundred percent. So I, I really hate talking about getting Joe Burrow out of Cincinnati. No, because, I, uh, no, it's a, Gian, it's a Giannis like thing, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't really do I don't really like to root for Cincinnati just because of the Reds and really the Cincinnati Bearcat basketball team that runs. You deep. really hate the Reds that much? Yeah, I don't like their fans. Like I've heard from so many people how awful their fans are. I've heard they are a I bitch mean, to deal with in Cincinnati. I and, can guarantee Cubs fans are worse and Cardinals fans are worse than them right. yet. So we'll see. I mean, maybe we maybe we have to go out to Cincinnati and just test it. We'll I don't. Trip it. I mean. I'm not going to sit here and defend them, but man. We'll, ro- we'll road. I've heard Cincinnati's a great time, though. Very German, German-like city. They're, they have a big right. Oktoberfest celebration. Like, I've heard Cincinnati is, is all right. I think the place sometimes you is. Time? You, yeah, you stay in Kentucky because it's right across the border from Kentucky. So you stay in Bowling right. Green. And then that's kind of the move. But yeah, I don't know. Cincinnati, all right. Also, Xavier's there. I don't really like Xavier. Um, big East rival, you know, Marquette, shout out, getting ready for a, a season that I've no and stake in. But, Cincinnati's um, an old old Conference USA rival. So Yeah, yeah, no, they are. Uh, but I don't mind their football team. I actually like Luke, Luke Fickle a lot and think that anybody who hired Luke, Luke Fickle would be a fucking lucky team. Like, I think USC should hire Luke Fickle, Fickle 100%. Um, but I don't know if they will. Anyways. We're not here to talk about college football. We're here to talk about Bucks basketball, baby. And the Bucks start in 12 days against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they, they have a preseason game against Brooklyn tonight, or is it tomorrow? Correct. Correct. Friday night. Friday night. So they will play Brooklyn tomorrow night. I don't expect you'll see a lot of the starters. The Bucks have been kind of taking it uh-huh. easy. 75-day um, offseason has led to that, which – Surprise! No, so should surprise no one. But Zach Lowe had an interesting column where he was tearing out the NBA, and he put the Nets and the Bucks in their own category. He actually put the Nets ahead of the Bucks, with the caveat that he put the Bucks ahead of them if Kyrie Irving's vaccination stuff continues on to the regular season. Mm-hmm. So last year, Mitch, we had the discussion on this podcast about how. The Nets and the Bucks were the two best teams in in the NBA. That semifinals matchup was the NBA Finals, in our opinion. Do you feel like we're kind of heading down that same path again, where it's the Bucks and Nets, and that's everybody else? Yeah, I do. I do. It's really hard to disagree with Zach Lowe there. 
um, pretty much to the to the T. Uh, the Nets and the Bucks are the, the two best teams in the league. I don't care about the Lakers. I know the Lakers no. are fun for. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna obviously get a ton of attention. Oh yeah, they're they're great for house of highlights. Um, great for first take. Great for uh, Skip and Shannon. Um, it's gonna be all day every day, but they don't scare me at all. No. Um, Russell Westbrook. I mean, there's a reason he's been traded three times now in three years. He's just an awful contract, and he's he'll win you a game in January, but when it comes down to the to the postseason, he's not really a postseason player. Um, and LeBron, you know, is what 39 now. 37 uh, I think it's he's way 30. up there he's up there yeah I think he's 37 but yeah he's he's getting up there and it's you know it's kind of starting to look like a little bit a little bit of the, I wouldn't say gonna be, he's, they're gonna, he's gonna be 37 right before New Year's December yep. 30th is his birthday so still a young He'll king be. still a kid from Akron um yeah right. you know, the whole thing um, sports. I just I googled LeBron and Sports Illustrated top story from Sports Illustrated. The Lakers are going all in. Okay, cool, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. Welcome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, I didn't mean to bring up the Lakers, but no. I know that's that's going to be kind of the third, the third team. Um, and since the Nets and the Bucks are in the same conference, they can't actually play in the finals. So. Um, Somebody's going to have to pick the Western Conference team to to care about, but um, yeah, and I mean the Nets, the Nets don't scare me, but Kevin Durant does, if that makes sense. So, oh yeah, um, it's you know I, Kyrie doesn't really particularly scare me too much. Um, James Harden definitely doesn't scare me. So, and fucking Paul Millsap sure as hell doesn't. So, you know, um, it's basically Durant and and whatever else he can get. Uh, I'm I'm talking playoff series too. I mean, whatever ring night uh, on the 19th is going to be a fun time. Should be a should be a good atmosphere. Should be the best Bucks home opener in quite some time. Um, but whether they win or lose, I don't really care. Um, no. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that game specifically. But I wouldn't be surprised if we got boat raced that night just just because Brooklyn's probably going to be motivated and Kyrie can actually play far as we know so um they should be at full strength you would think on uh, the box i mean you know you mentioned i mean a short off season they had like eight guys in the injury report on preseason opener which nobody expected anyone to play and they actually they hung with the grizzlies who were i didn't watch a ton of that game i watched like the first quarter and i mean i kind of got sick of it just because the bucks basically had their summer league team but the grizzlies yeah. are running running basically a regular season rotation I think for pretty much the whole game, they ended up only playing three quarters, but they hung I forget, around. I forget who the hell was it that said like, these are basically like the guys, the bucks have out there right now are those who will be looking at brunch options in Oshkosh in December. It might've been Hollinger. It's a good line. Um, I, I'll tell you, there is some good, uh, good Grace and Allen tape. Um, some very interesting Grace and Allen tape. Well, he's and, yeah. I, I mean, I think Grace and Allen, is legit like i think he you know the badger pinheads who are still mad about fucking 2015 first of all get over yourself i understand well, it's a sore spot but guys on your team like settle down here's, 
here's the thing. Grayson Allen's better than Dante DiVincenzo, probably. Oh, yes. Um, and, and like that move was, I mean, Memphis gave him away. Mm-hmm. They just, they just didn't want to pay him. They right. had to be. And I don't know if the Bucks will either, but um, I mean, look, you know, I don't know if it's because he's kind of a, kind of a douchebag. Um, and I don't particularly have a favorable opinion of him either. I don't have a really negative opinion of him either, just because I'm not that big of a college basketball fan. Mm-hmm. So, and now he plays for the, like when he was on Memphis, it's like, yeah, he's a nice player. I don't know why people hate him so much, but um, you know, now he's in the Bucks, so I'm going to root for him and he's probably their best shooting guard. So, I think I, I think as I said, on, I think I said on the review, which made its way to his girlfriend, um, I was like, look, he's, he might be a douchebag, but he's our douchebag. All right. And that's yeah. cool with me. Like I'm cool with him and Bobby getting under everybody's skin. Like I have yeah, said I, that for, I think I've said we that learned, for years. We've learned that you need shitheads. Oh, hundred percent. You need, you need good shitheads. Right. And it's interesting that there are some who think Zach will pointed this out too. Kind of semi ogre does kind of look like PJ Tucker. Like not actually like they're, they're different, but like body yeah. size, like isn't semi ogre oh, just going to he's bigger. Oh, I know he's bigger, but I'm, I'm saying like, isn't that just a PJ Tucker replacement? And why did that oh, get yeah. like, why did people lose sight of that? It's kind of my point is like, did everyone just because semi got dragged by the Boston media mafia that's out there, the Simmons and Kevin O'Connor's of the world who don't like him. And he doesn't play, he didn't play that well for Boston. I, I thought really the problem, well, I mean, with, but if you don't ask him to do anything, how can, how can he disappoint you? You know, like, I don't know. Um, I guess I haven't, he does, he hasn't played a, a game for the Bucks yet. So I don't really have a, you know, any sort of idea of how he plays, but look, PJ Tucker completely washed, but you know, he tried hard on defense for the Bucks and basically was a big part of the, of the championship run, but he didn't score any points. So it's not like, you know, you have to replace 10 or 15 points a game or something off the bench for the Bucks. I mean, you're just going to ask Semi Ojale to do exactly what P.J. Tucker did. Ojale can hit a corner three with, with, with the best of them for somebody who doesn't have an offensive game. 38% and, from, uh, from the corner. Right. So that's, that's above league average. So, I mean, look, he's, he's going to be – that's basically the role he's going he's gonna to fill. And he's been around long enough. He, he knows how to – I think irritate people and you know, he probably, he might not have the same defensive intensity. He's probably not as much of a dog as PJ Tucker. He's probably a little sleepier. I'm thinking, but um, you know, as long as he's not Tory Craig sleepy, we'll be all right. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no doubt about it, man. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the bucks and nets, the takes that are going to be there. The, you know, Kevin Durant, if he just foot was over under, past the line that's what it won all that bullshit oh, yeah. right that's gonna drive me up the fucking wall i'm i'm over that i am too but it's you're gonna hear a lot of it right it's never uh, gonna yeah it, you're gonna hear about it for the rest of our lives yeah probably so, unless the bucks unless the buck oh, i don't care championships championship and it's, it's unless the ring, baby unless the bucks win another one and then and then what are they gonna say back to back what would they say i don't know 
gonna well, be a really depends on who gets hurt depends on yeah it'll hey. say well yeah yeah but you know uh harden got hurt in the first round yeah ben, Sim- and- ben simmons just didn't come to deliver for brooklyn after he got traded for Kyrie Irving. um the fucked up thing about like the whole injury thing with the nets is like Kyrie played like four games yeah and harden played the last three and or four. No, he played the whole series. Oh, and then he got hurt in the first game. That's right. My my first my favorite thing too is how people think Giannis intentionally hurt Kyrie in that in that situation too. Oh. There are a lot of broken brains about that as well. Um so I mean there well, I, I mean there was some of that immediately, but I don't think I've heard of the, heard much of that since. No, yeah, it's not but, it's not like a it's not like a known take, right? Like there it was it also there. wasn't it, it wasn't like Giannis didn't fucking destroy his knee. Yeah. Um and then our our role players and and or secondary stars actually stepped up, unlike you know other guys. Sorry, yeah. no. I, granted, we to, granted, we had to play Atlanta, which you know you play was in front of you. And well, I'm sorry, I'm oh. sorry. Ben Simmons is a baby back bitch, and that's why we had to play Atlanta because Ben Simmons yeah. is fucking tighter. Like he he just is an all time playoff choke at this point. I'm so like. Like Ben Simmons is the Chris Webber at this point of our generation. We'll see if now this generation, excuse me, not our generation. We grew up with Chris Webber, but you know what I mean? Like, I I think Mm -hmm. there is a, there's a choking part of that. He has to get over mentally. And like, I, I I do agree. Like it would be better for him to just go to Sacramento. Like if I was Daryl Morey, I'd be like, I'll take buddy healed. I don't think you probably get the Aaron Fox too, but I I would take. Yeah, oh man, I'd hate it if they got Halliburton. But if I were them, I'd rather give him Fox, Fox and Heald for for Ben Simmons. You know, just let Ben Simmons. And if I'm Ben Simmons, like I'm thrilled. Like let me not necessarily fade into obscurity, but let me just get my shit together for a little bit, and then Mm -hmm. once I get it back, then then maybe I can, maybe I can do something else. He could be. He could be like a Zach Randolph. Oh yeah, or something. Right, and then he, or even a uh, even a little bit. No, no, it's different. I was gonna say Carmelo, but uh, Carmelo was a, a star for a long time with Denver. Got to an Eastern uh, Western Conference Finals, and then New York. I mean, just it was the Knicks. And the Knicks are tortured, and I do love. I will love. I've, I I love the Knicks last year. I will love going against the Knicks this year, though. I think classic like second year attempts yeah. where everyone's right. like oh shit this just doesn't well, work anymore the knicks aren't gonna the knicks aren't gonna sneak up on anyone this year no no no, no yeah definitely not so it was like it would be like it'd be like bucks in uh 14 and 15 when they went 41 and 41 after winning yeah. 15 games the year before and then they drop back down to like a 33 win team the next year so yeah uh, i'm not saying the, the, the knicks are a little more experienced than the bucks were then but mm-hmm. it's gonna be tougher for them so. No, no question about it. Totally agree. But excited to talk more about the NBA. I'm sure we'll we'll discuss offline how we're going to handle next week because next week is even more loaded somehow because we'll have Packers, Bears. We'll have we should probably get some sort of NBA preview on books. Although I feel like we did a little bit of that here today, and then also talk through um, talk through the Brewers and and then just forget all about Wisconsin Badgers are even a thing. So mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Badgers, uh, Illinois this week. Brett, Be- the Brett Bielema, not to return to, to Madison, though, uh, in 
Champaign, Illinois, uh, for that for that one. So we'll see see if they're uh, able to get back off the Schneid. Hopefully, they get it done. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I, I think they're the least of my concerns this this week weekend. It's Brewers, it's Packers, and then all the way down and bottom, it's the Badgers. So that's <laughs> kind of where where I'm at. I don't know. I'm sure. I think that's a lot. How a lot of Wisconsin probably feels uh, this weekend. So, right. Anything else for the people before we go? That is it. Uh, I I am, I am spent. There are rumors that the uh, Broadhouse boys will be returning. I will not be there on Saturday, but there will be some Broadhouse boys. They will be. I will. I'll bring it back myself on Saturday. Uh, anyone? Um, you can find me at the patio. I think at four o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, and, say, um, say, say hi to Tim Cat for me. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll, he's there. I will. Yeah, I will. Make, yeah, you never know with bartenders, right? Like you're just they're right. like, are you? Who knows? Still- Maybe he's. Maybe he's at a wedding or something. It's a Saturday. I don't right. know. Occasionally, occasionally they don't work every weekend. So the fact that I didn't have Tim bartend my wedding was one of my bigger mistakes. I think of of my wedding. I didn't have many, but not having Tim in there when he volunteered. I mean, obviously they pay him, but you know, I don't know how that works with the Marcus Corporation. We would have figured it out, but it that's another that that uh, that didn't happen. So it's it's okay. But I will uh, try to make it down a little bit later. Uh, hopefully the Brewers aren't still playing baseball when I'm, when I'm ready to go. Cause that'd be like four hours. And that, that sounds like pain on earth. If you watch that Cardinals game where it was like one-to-one, it was like every pitch was like awful real quick. Just, I, I do have to go Drew Rasmussen or Corey Knable, which one would hurt more if they, if they put it to the Brewers. Corey Knable. That's the right answer. Corey, mm-hmm. Corey was a good dude and was really good for the Brewers. Glad that he's he's kind of had a role. Well, and we didn't and we didn't get Willie Adams for him. So yep, that's a good point. Like that. Good way to end it. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Peace.